In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who gives us all that we need. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, it's a pretty common occurrence if you watch one of the awards shows, um, if you watch the Emmys, or if you watch the Grammys, or if you watch the Teen Choice Awards, or whatever is your thing, You'll see the pre-show, and the pre-show is this moment where people get to walk on the red carpet, and as they're walking down the red carpet, you have somebody who walks up to them with a microphone and says, who are you wearing? So, Blake, who are you wearing today? Um, Polo and Jesus Christ. Uh, Polo and Jesus Christ. Okay, good, good. Um, So, yeah, the little polo guy there. Good, awesome. Um, uh, Pastor Kurzweig, uh, who are you wearing today? Who are you wearing? Wait, what's the brand name of your clothing? Do you know? No. Good, good. Um, that's going to come in, in useful later in the sermon. Um, uh, Anna, who are you wearing today? Uh, I don't know, some hippie. Some hippie. <laughs> okay, okay, excellent, excellent. Um, and, and a lot of you are probably kind of, right now, you're like, oh, I hope he doesn't come over to me. <laughs> and a few of you are real fashionistas, and you're like, come here, ask me. Right? Yeah. Uh, and, and, and that's really kind of what the sermon today is about, is, is who we're wearing. And I remember that when I was in undergrad, I was taking a communications class, and uh, one of the things that our communications professor decided that we should do as an experiment was for a week, we were supposed to black out or duct tape out anything that had a label or a logo on it that we were displaying to the world. And so if we had something that had words on it or something that had a logo on it, we were supposed to black it out, cover it up with duct tape or or whatever we needed to do. And so um, if you were like Blake and you're wearing a polo shirt, that means that you put a little patch over the little horsey riding guy. And if you're like Evan over there, then you, uh, this might be sort of treasonous, but you put a little patch over the Seminole head. And if you think about your wardrobe and you think about the things that you wear, you probably are thinking that would mean that I have to cover up, you know, a fair amount of stuff when I'm going out into the world. And and that's what we found out as uh, we went through that week, was it was surprising how much we were actually just kind of going around and doing advertising for the people who made the clothes for us. And, you know, that was kind of our role with them, is to, well, thanks for the clothes, here I am as your billboard. And, or here I am with, you know, uh, some kind of pithy saying on my t-shirt, or uh, here I am with something about me. But he informed us that everything that we were wearing really was kind of a message. It it was a message about who we were. It was a message about uh, what we were. And it came down even to going beyond just the logos and the words. And and really, when you get dressed in the morning, you're saying something about yourself by the clothes that you've chosen to buy, by the clothes that you have chosen to wear, and uh, by all sorts of different stuff, unless you are in a uniform and, well, you're kind of forced to wear that stuff. 
And then when that happens, it's actually kind of interesting that uh, if you've ever worn a uniform, if you know what it's like to wear a uniform, uh, wearing a uniform means that you have to embrace some bit of anonymity. That that you have to embrace this kind of idea of, well, I'm kind of uh, losing a little bit of myself into whatever this uniform is. And so when you walk into a McDonald's and you see the people behind the counter there, if you saw people that weren't wearing the McDonald's uniform, you might actually be somewhat tempted to care about them. But since they're wearing a McDonald's uniform, whatever, I'll just be mean to them. I've seen it happen so many times. And it's partially because we have this sense that, well, uniform means loss of self. Uniform means something about me is being subverted, subdued, in order that something else can come out. And I think sometimes when we hear all of this stuff about the armor of God, uh, we're, we're a little bit worried about what the armor of God is all about. If we can even get beyond probably the biggest hurdle about this entire reading is to make it not sound like something that you're doing at VBS. If you don't know what VBS is, I'll explain it to you later. It's all for kids. And, and because, you know, Oftentimes, we don't wear um, a breastplate of righteousness around Florida State. Or at least I haven't seen that yet. And, and oftentimes, we, a lot of these things, they seem kind of archaic. They seem kind of like Game of Thrones-ish. And so, um, you know, uh, you wouldn't want to wear this stuff because you would look like you were going to a Renaissance fair. And, you know, who wants to look like that? except for the people at the Renaissance Fair. And, and so there, there's kind of this question about what are, are we bringing to people when we're putting on this armor of God? What is all of this clothing language at the end of Ephesians all about? And really what it's all about is the, the final conclusion to a sort of big concept that goes throughout Paul's letter to the Ephesians. And Paul's letters to the Ephesians, one of the biggest kind of ideas that we have in this book is that you are Jesus. Now, you're not Jesus in the way that you are going to be saving anybody from their sins. And you're not Jesus in the way that um, uh, you all of a sudden are um, uh, the highest of all human beings in the entire universe. Or are you? Paul plays with that. Paul plays with this idea that you are the body of Christ, that you are Jesus. And as he tells that to the Ephesians, he starts to kind of play with this idea of who are you really? And at the end of it, he seems to kind of clarify it a bit. He says that you are in God's clothing. You are in God's uniform. God's 
own clothing, even. I remember when I was a kid, and maybe a bunch of you did this, but I remember looking at my father's clothing and at times kind of putting it up to myself and seeing, you know, will this fit? And um, I remember being a very little kid and going, how on earth am I literally going to fill those shoes? He still has bigger feet than I do. I have really tiny feet. Um, but, But there's this kind of idea of, well, how do I grow into God's clothing? And as we look at Ephesians, what we see is that we get God's clothing and then some. It starts off like this. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand evil withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and his shoes on your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. And basically what Paul is saying in all of this is that this is how God approaches humanity. God approaches humanity with these very ideas, with these very concepts. That when God comes to us, he comes to us with truth. That when God comes to us, he comes to us with righteousness. When God comes to us, he comes to us with the gospel of peace. And that all of those things, those things are things that do not belong to us necessarily, but they belong to God, and God has given them to us as kind of a loner. He's saying, look, you're not very good at truth on your own. So take my truth and use it to as a belt to bring everything together. And well, you're not very good at, at righteousness, which we all know because we're all sinners. So here, give, uh, let me give you the breastplate of righteousness. And, and well, you're not very good at the readiness of the gospel of peace. You're not very good at, at bringing the gospel to other people. But here, let me give that to you. Let me give you a sense of readiness. And that's what God wears when he comes to humanity. He he says, I'm going to come to you. I'm going to come to you with truth. I'm going to come to you with righteousness. I'm going to come to you with the gospel of peace and with readiness to give you that. But then he says, I'm going to give you even more. Because I understand that you need more than what I do. Have you ever seen that moment in a movie where... The, the leader or the commander or whoever it is seems like he's woefully unprepared. Like everybody else is like in full knight's gear. But the leader, the leader, the king guy, he's wearing this goofy looking crown. To which you're like, you are going to die first. I'm sorry. But the reason that he can do that is that he's the leader. There's a reason that he's the leader. He didn't get killed all of those other times before he was becoming king. And that's what God is doing. God's like, I I don't have to worry about the fiery darts of Satan. 
I made him. He rebelled against me. I don't have to worry about him. But we do. And so God says, here, let me give you some extra stuff. Let me give you some extra gear. And he starts off with the extra gear. And he says, um, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith. Well, God doesn't need faith. Because God is God. It's not like God gets up in the morning and says, well, I believe in me. But for us, we need to do that. We need to get up and go, okay, I I believe that God has me here for some reason, whatever that might be, that God loves me, that God has forgiven me, and that I can have faith in that. So he gives us that extra gear. And then he goes on and he says, and take up the helmet of salvation. Well, God doesn't need saving. And so he's giving you extra gear. He's saying, here, I get to wear the crown. You get to wear bunk, the helmet. And that helmet of salvation, that idea, that understanding that we are saved is an important one. Because if you don't have that helmet, you're going to go through life and there's going to be something that you do that you say, I'm out. Because I'm just too much of a sinner. I'm too dirty. I'm too whatever. I can't be in this army anymore. I'm just going to be a Benedict Arnold. I'm going to go be a traitor because I, I can't do it. I'm, I'm just not, not God. And God says, nope, here, take the helmet of salvation. You'll be okay. And lastly, he says, take up the sword of the Spirit. Well, God doesn't need the sword of the Spirit because, well, God is the Spirit. And that gets into Trinitarian theology, which we don't have time to delve into completely. But just know this. He gives you himself in that sword of the Spirit. Which is his word, the word of God. And so that when you go out into the world, that what you're doing is you're wearing him. And you're wearing what he's given you. And that's drastically different from the list that we have in the gospel reading. Where, where Jesus says, the stuff that comes out of you naturally, the stuff that you are wearing as a human being, well, it just doesn't look very good. It's not a brand that you want to be identified with. But, but here, let, let me give you my stuff. Let me give you these things that you can go out into the world and wear. And have confidence in wearing. That you are in God's clothes. And let that be meaningful to you. I may get in trouble for this illustration. I was deciding uh, whether or not to use it, but it just fits so perfectly. There was a girl in in my high school yearbook, and we all got to choose like fun little quotes. And, you know, um, in, in your senior year, um, uh, mine was um, uh, by a Hare Krishna guy. I found out later. Uh-oh. Um, uh oh. And it was. Um, 
It is not a sign of good mental health to be well-adjusted in a sick society. Um, that probably tells you something about who I was in high school. Um, but, but this other girl, I, she had the best quote ever, and I forget who it was, and I, I looked for this yearbook. It must be at my parents' house, but I still remember her quote. And her quote was something to the effect of, live life wearing audacious underwear. Just kind of that idea of the thing that you have underneath you. The thing that you know is there. That brings you some sense of Whatever it is that fancy underwear brings you, live life in that way. Knowing that wrapping your body quite literally is not just, you know, fancy underwear from La Perla or Victoria's Secret or whatever, but know that is what is wrapping your human body is the water of baptism is the love of God is the identity of who Jesus is and that it is wrapping you so tight that you can barely tell where it ends and you begins and as a Christian you get to recognize that and feel that wrapped all over your body just as you feel your clothes rubbing up against your skin right now. And you get to walk out of this room. You get to walk out onto that campus, into this city. And you get to walk out knowing I am wrapped in the love of God. I am wrapped in the truth of God and His righteousness. I am wrapped with all of the good things that He has to give me. And I am ready to live out this gospel of peace that is wrapping me up so tightly. Amen.